That's so good. Here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know about the band before I get started. Five o'clock service, obviously, there's more people at, at 9.15 and 11 o'clock, but what you guys need to know about our band is you guys don't get the leftovers. They bring their best stuff at the five o'clock, and I'm super proud. I mean, they crush it. So anyway, I want to start out with a disclaimer and then a question, and then we're going straight into Scripture. It's very different. If you don't like this week, come back next week. It might be better. Um, if you came looking for a sermon tonight, if, you, if you're like, man, I'm in the mood for a good sermon, I would love to hear a good sermon, tonight's not your night. We're, we're, tonight's not going to be a sermon. It's going to be more of a Bible study. If you're more of a Bible study nerd, we're going to dig into some scriptures. It's going to be so much fun. You're going to love, you're going to geek out. And now if you want a sermon next week, I'm telling y'all right now, and I don't say this a lot, but next week, Next week's going to be a sermon. I'm preaching the paint off the walls next week. We're going to, I might have the keyboard pe people just stay out here the whole time and play behind me. And we might, I might, I might take a lap next week. It's going to be excited up at, like, if you, if you don't think church is exciting, show up next week and bring a seatbelt, all right? Because it's going to be, I'm telling y'all, it's going to be fun. But that's going to be next week. Tonight, it's more of a Bible study. Second thing is I'm going to just start with a question tonight. And it's a, it's an honest question. Only you can answer this question about you, and you don't have to answer out loud, or I'm not asking anybody to raise their hand or anything. But here's the question. Do you really want to walk closer with Jesus? I think it's a fair question. Because, because we're in church, right? If I, if I had people raise their hands, we would, like some of us would, raise our hands and it would be sincere. And some of us would do the obligatory, well, I guess, I don't know. I'm gonna kind of scratch my head right here. Um, but that's a, it's a legitimate question because some people, the answer will be yes. Some people are like, man, I don't know. I kind of like my life right now. If I get closer with Jesus, I might have to switch some things up. And, but tonight, I'm gonna walk us through how we can get closer with Jesus. Not only how we can get closer with Jesus, even if you're not a Christian, if you take tonight what I'm gonna teach on, and apply it to your life, your relationships will improve, your marriage will improve, your, your, your relationships at work, like you might get a raise. If you do what I'm gonna teach you on tonight for two weeks at work, you'll get a raise, you'll get a promotion. It'll be insane. Are you ready? Okay, good. That's the loudest of five o'clock's been in a minute, and this is just a Bible study, all right? Um, I wanna talk to you about something that Peter wrote in First Peter. We've been taking a week and we've been going through the book of 1 Peter, five chapters. And 1 Peter, if you're just reading it from a literary standpoint, it's got a, it's got a flow to it. It's got a rhythm. It's got a cadence. And if, you, if you're a runner, you, you, you know what it's like to have a good running song. A good running song is when you get a cadence going. And um, I was going to share my running playlist, but every time I share my playlist, playlist some some christian that's so heavenly minded there's no earthly good gets all i can't believe you listen to that music i'm like i can't believe you got time to judge me about my music but anyway i listen to music that makes me mad when i run because i'm mad all right and so so you got a cadence you got a rhythm and if something bothers that cadence or that rhythm it you you have to pay attention to it now the reason i say that is you're reading through first peter it's got some themes and it's flowing and it's good and all of a sudden peter Peter swerves, like for two verses, then he gets back on the road. And if you're reading it, you kind of, you can almost get whiplash if you're just kind of reading through it. So it caught my attention when I was reading through, what, like what I was gonna preach on, I'm reading through chapter four, and these two verses stood out 
because they didn't really fit, not only with the, with the book or with the chapter, but with the rest of the book. This is what Peter said. This is what Peter said. He said, God has given each of you. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, that means you. That means you. Now, turn, turn to your second choice and tell them that means you too, all right? Because even though you're second. God has given each of you a gift. Each of you. Now, he's talking to people that are Christians. So if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, then, then you've got a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Then he said this. He said, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. In other words, when we use this gift, God will give us strength and energy on a spiritual level unlike we've never had. That's a a good thing. Then everything you do, watch this, everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All the glory and power and honor to him forever and ever, amen. And then Peter goes right back into his normal flow, but he takes two verses and talks about spiritual gifts and using them to serve one another. Now, why did he do that? What was it that compelled Peter to write this? And some people have said, well, he was there the night um, of the, the Lord's Supper when Jesus washed pe- people's feet. Now that had to be, talk about an act of service. Jesus was the most important person in the room and the disciples are arguing over which one of them is most important. And Jesus said, I'll settle it. I'll just wash everybody's feet. Now that would impact a room, but I don't think that was it. Um, or maybe, maybe he was there, he was definitely there when Jesus was like, Listen, if you want to be great in this world, you're going to have to serve. If you want to be great, you got to serve. And he heard Jesus say that. I don't think that was it. There was something that happened in Peter's life right before he started following Christ that I think impacted him on a level unlike anything ever had. And I think it was a, it was a, it was a catalyst moment, not only for Peter following Jesus, but for, for Peter writing what he wrote in 1 Peter chapter 4. Now, in order to get there, we gotta back up a little bit. Y'all remember, maybe three or four weeks ago, I preached a message called Troublemaker. I wore a T-shirt that said Troublemaker. We talked about how Jesus was a troublemaker. Anybody remember that? Anybody? Okay, wow, most of y'all. And either, that makes me feel good, even if you lied. Um, But it it was about how Jesus went to Nazareth. Remember, he went to Nazareth and he went in the synagogue and he started teaching and everybody was like, man, this guy is good. We love his stuff. And then he said some controversial stuff and they were like, let's kill him. So they took him to the cliff and they were gonna throw him off the cliff and Jesus was like, not today. And he walked right through the crowd. Y'all remember that? So that had just happened. He's fresh. In fact, Jesus walked away and he took out his, he took out his notepad and he took out his pen. He said, we will not be starting a Nazareth campus. No campus in Nazareth, okay? We are not gonna go to Nazareth. And so he, he leaves Nazareth and he says, I'll go to Capernaum. Now, Capernaum is a cool city. I've been there. I was adding it up. I think I've been there like 10 times. I got some pictures on my phone of Capernaum. It's, it look, it's really cool. It's really awesome. And they excavated it and they dug it up from the time that Jesus would have been. Anyway, anyway, nerd stuff. Um, Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. So we see a pattern. Jesus went to the synagogue in Nazareth. Jesus went to the synagogue at Capernaum and he starts teaching. Jesus always going to church. This is is awesome. Now watch what happens. Um, The people 
were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real, they were, they were looking at each other going, man, this guy's good. You heard it? Yeah. Man, I, you think he's got a book? You'll get that later. It was a, see, Jesus wrote the Bible, and the Bible, it, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so the people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of the religious law. And I love this because the religious law, they kind of approach teaching with a condemnation point of view. And some of you have been in those churches where it's like, do more, try harder. Do more, try harder. Do more, try harder. And Jesus would come along and say things like, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen. And I'm like, I, that's my guy right there. I like that guy. This guy over here, not so much, but that guy right there, that's my guy. So he was teaching with this authority and people were blown away by this Jesus guy. But then something crazy happened. And if you've been in church world long enough, you've seen some crazy stuff happen in church. I was thinking about all the crazy stuff that I've seen. And I think one of the, one of the craziest things I've ever seen, years ago, I was vacationing. I was actually in Hawaii. And um, somehow, I wish I could go to Hawaii. I do too. It's really nice. Um, but I was in Hawaii. Um, this is, and this is, this is like several years ago. And I ran into a friend of mine at, at the place where we're staying at the hotel. He's a, he's a pastor. And I'm not, I'm not going to call his name, but it's, it's not, don't try to, it was so, no, it's probably nobody, it's probably somebody that most of you do, don't know. And we, were, we started talking lobby. I said, what are you doing here? He said, I'm preaching at a church. I said, oh, that's good. He said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm on vacation. And he said, okay. So the next day, he called me on my phone. I was sitting by the pool, reading a book. It's Sunday afternoon. He said, would you be interested in going with me to church tonight when I preach? He said, now, I, and I, I really wasn't interested in going at all because I was on vacation, but this is what he said. He said, now, I got to warn you, they're hyper Pentecostal. I said, oh, I am in. I am so in. <laughs> he said, you can't put any of this on social media. I was like, all right, I'm still going. So, so they sent a driver to pick us up. They had got guys in suits with earpieces. And I was like, are we going to see the president? So he was like, no, this is church. So we pull up to church, we walk in the green room and we sat down and there's this, all this food. I mean, like a meal prepared. And we sat down and I was like, we gonna, we gonna eat? They said, when the pastor gets here. I said, what time is he gonna get here? They said, when he gets here. I was like, oh. And then the band started, it was six o'clock. The band started. <laughs> Me, I'm, I'm kind of like, a, I'm, I'm like, hey, do, do, did y'all know the band has started playing? Oh, yeah, yeah. And the pastor's not here? Yeah, yeah. How long are they going to play till he walks out? How long does that normally take? Somewhere between 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Okay, so the band's out there just wearing it out. They sing every song in the Christian book. I mean, they're just wearing it out. Pastor shows up. He comes in. How y'all doing? I was like, we got to go. He goes, no, 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 sit down. We're going to eat. The band is singing that song for the fourth time. Are we going to really? <laughs> All this is true. And so we get up and he goes, well, let's, let's go out. And I'm the first one to go out. We open the door. We're coming out on the side. We're opening the door. I look and there's 25, 30 people just laid out all over the front of the church. And I was, I, I paused. I kind of held back because I thought they were sniping people. And I thought I might be next. I didn't know what was going on. I said, what is happening? And he leaned forward and said, spirit got him. I said, is he done? Like, I, I don't know. He said, walk out there and see. I was like, okay. So I am walking over bodies. I'm stepping. I let the bodies hit the floor. It was like a real thing. 
By the way, security team, part of their job is like if a woman fell in a dress, you would cover her with a blanket, and the ushers also served as catchers. Like if you just drop, they would just drop you straight out. I've never seen anything like it in my life. It was fascinating. They took four offerings. I left that out this morning. Anyway, so <laughs> the reason I bring that up is because occasionally crazy things happen in, in churches. They just, they just do. But what happens next in this church is completely insane. And if you're just casually reading the Bible, you'll just read right over this. But watch this. This is, this is interesting. This will get some people to lean in a little bit. Suddenly, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit, in the Greek it says a demon, cried out. That took me a few years to see that verse. I just read right over it, but I was like, wait. There was a demon at church. A demon at church and a man. Jesus is preaching, all of a sudden the guy was like, wow, that's gonna get everybody's attention. Everybody's like, it just got real. It just got real. We don't know what his problem is. Now, this is where I, somebody might wanna push back and go, wow, there can't be a demon in the church. Sure there can. There's demons in church every week. In fact, a lot of demons are more faithful with their church attendance than Christians. Oh, that's either an amen or an oh me, and I'll take either one right there. I just, and, and there's probably demons in this room right now. Don't shake me up, you know why? Because they're outnumbered by the angels two to one, and I have a father, I have a father who is sovereign and supreme and reigns over everyone and everything, so they are under his authority if they're in this room tonight. I just wanna bring that. So the, so the, the guy is, is crying out, and watch this. Why are you, oh God, I wish I could go there, but I can't go there tonight, but next week I'm gonna go there. Why are you interfering with us? In other words, there's more than one. And why are you interfering with us meant that they, they had an agenda for the church. Do you know there is a demonic agenda for the American church? And we're gonna expose it next week. And if you don't like controversy, if controversy makes you nervous, you might wanna watch this one online because we're gonna go some places that a lot of churches are scared to go. We're gonna talk about some stuff that needs to be talked about. It's, I wanna do it, I wanna do it right now, but I gotta stick with my Bible study. Why are you interfering with us? Now, now Jesus had just preached. What, what town did he preach in and they tried to kill him? Nazareth. Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? See, the demons even tried to attack Jesus' past. Why are you preaching here, Jesus? It, it's gonna wind up like it happened at Nazareth. You're a failure, you're a flop. And if he's gonna attack Jesus and Jesus' past, he's definitely coming after ours, right? Um, have you come here to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God, and this is said in kind of like a mocking tone. Don't mess with Jesus because Jesus just said, be quiet, come out of the man. Jesus was like, sit, sit, get out of him. It's a Southern version, right? Watch this. At that, the evil spirit screamed threw the man into a convulsion and then came out of him. Don't miss this. The enemy never gives up without a fight. See, 
the word of God, Jesus, has power and authority over the, the demonic, but the demonic will always put up a fight before it leaves. That's why if you're in this room and you've ever had a breakthrough, like a legitimate breakthrough, you went through hell right before that breakthrough Amen. broke through. Amen. So that's, that's why, because anytime a, a, a demonic spirit has to leave, it's going to put up a fight. If you're in the middle of a fight right now, you're so close to a breakthrough. I feel like somebody needed to hear that. Somebody, probably somebody online, but somebody. Now watch this. Amazement gripped the audience. That's probably the understatement of the Bible. Amazement. Nobody was like, I am amazed that this happened. I mean, they were like, what the? Oh my gosh, that was Bob. He was demon possessed. I knew there was something weird about Bob. And they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. It has such authority, even evil spirits obey his orders. This news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. And he, he, just, he just healed one guy. And then Jesus did what? Well, I'll show you what he did. After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John and they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now, if you're in Capernaum and you're standing at the synagogue where Jesus would have taught, you can literally see Simon and Andrew's home. It's about a 50 to 75 yard walk. So Jesus just walked. And the reason he went there is oftentimes, I know I forget, we forget that Jesus was fully God and fully man. And let me tell you something about men. We get tired. We work and we get tired. And Jesus had just preached a sermon and encountered spiritual warfare on a level that most of us probably have never seen. He was, how many have ever done any public speaking at all? Any public speaking? Okay, you know it drains you. Like you're tired when you, when you get done speaking. Am I right? How many of you, public speaking is, is one of your biggest fears in life and you are scared to death to do it? All right, all the staff that has their hand raised will be doing the welcome within the next week. All right. Is, is it like between services, between 9, 15, 11 o'clock, I've got to just, I like somewhere between two and five minutes, catch my breath, and I'm ready to go again. I'm ready to go again. But Jesus had just preached, and he's, and he's tired. He needs to sit down and kind of catch his breath for a minute. But then, but then something came up. Jesus goes in, he sits down, and he's like, ah. and they're like, Jesus. Um, Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. I love that detail. You ever talk to somebody, oh my God, I got a fever. What is it? 99.2. <laughs> took a bath. You, that's why you got a... But she had a high fever. Not just a fever, a high fever. And it was, it was Simon's mother-in-law, which, which meant, well, she was a woman. Some people go, biological woman? And I always ask, is there any other kind? Just follow to her science and you'll discover that there are men and there are women. I'm getting into next week. Let me, let me keep going. They told Jesus about her right away. So we went to her bedside, took her by the hand and helped her sit up. Now this is mind blowing. Let me tell you why. If you're a woman, 
you should be more thankful for Jesus and what he did for women's rights than any other women's rights leader that's ever lived. Because Jesus was the first world religious leader ever to give value to women. He ministered to women. He empowered women to preach the gospel. Remember when he rose from the dead, the men weren't even there. If it wasn't for the women, we wouldn't know he was alive. He, he, his followers would go on and write things like, husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. Until Jesus came along, none of that stuff was out there. Jesus loved and empowered women. So right here, you got a woman who religion, like I showed y'all a few weeks ago, the temple court, and you, you had the outer court and the inner court, and then they had the women's court. The women could only go a certain distance. In other words, if you were a woman, you could only get so close to the presence of God. Don't you love it, though, that the people that can't get to God, God, through Jesus, comes to them? And then, and then the second thing to notice about this woman is she was sick. And in the ancient world, they, they connected the spiritual with the physical, so if you were sick or you had some sort of infirmity, they thought there was something wrong with you spiritually. So she would have been considered unclean because she had a high fever. If you're unclean, you can't go to the temple. You can't get your sins forgiven. You can't come into the presence of God. But here's Jesus who walks into the house and he took her by the hand. He didn't have to do that. He could have just spoke healing. There were instances where Jesus would speak healing in one town and it would happen in the next. That'd be like him being on stage tonight going, everybody in Greenville's healed and, and people in Greenville just get healed. Like what happened? We don't know. He didn't have to, he didn't have to touch her, but this right here just reminded me that of two things. Number one, Jesus is not scared to touch what the world calls unclean. And the second thing it reminds me of is if you're a Christian, maybe, maybe you could identify with this. This is my story. I was sick. I was in a bed. I was dying. But a man named Jesus came in the house, took me by the hand and helped me sit up. And that's the only reason I'm able to stand here tonight is because Jesus took me by the hand. My God, y'all are not letting me do my Bible study. It's not supposed to be a sermon. Y'all need to quit. Y'all need to calm down. Five o'clock gets me in trouble sometimes. And watch this. Then the fever left her. And she prepared a meal for them. Now, I got, a, I got an honest question. How many people in this room love to cook? Raise your hand. I think some of y'all are lying. Some of y'all probably lying. My hand's not raised. If, if I ask you to come over to my house for dinner, we're doing, we doing DoorDash, if you expected me. But some people love to cook. Now, if you're cooking a meal, like a legitimate meal for somebody you care about or you love, it's going to take two, three, four hours See, some of y'all are like, I don't love it that much. No, I just love heating up the bar. I just love, I just love the grill. Okay, that's not cooking, sir. That's, that's grilling. That's the difference. My grandma loved to cook. 
And if you really love to cook, I'll set the bar a little higher right here. You don't follow a recipe. Oh, I just got, I, I just got them. I just sniped most of the people that raised their hands. Because my grandma would get in the kitchen, she'd just start throwing stuff together. Flour, butter, milk, just stuff everywhere. Just big old mess. And she would make the best meals out of it. And it would take her hours. Now, if it's going to take us two, three, four hours to prepare a really nice meal for somebody, and we got the modern conveniences. See, we don't think of these as modern conveniences. We think of them as normal. But that's because we live in America. Things like an oven, microwave, a blender, a mixer, that little thing that you mix the cake with. That if you're my age, when your mama got done with them, they, she gave them to you and you got to lick them. You remember that? that was, that's some good stuff right there. No oven, no microwave. No, this took hours. But it wasn't a big deal because don't miss this. She got touched by Jesus and her first reaction was to serve. Amen. Touched by Jesus and she served. Every once in a while I run into somebody and go, I got touched by Jesus and I worshiped. Well, serving is worship. In fact, many times, it, it's one of the ways that we just give ourselves away. Kind of like what Jesus did when he came to earth. And she, she served. Now watch what happened after she served. How many people did he heal in the synagogue? How many people? It's not a trick question. How many people did he heal in the synagogue? One. Watch this. That evening, after sunset, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I visualize things. So the sun is sinking and many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. Talk about a freak show. It's like, come on, Bob, we're going to see Jesus. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All these people are showing up at Jesus' house or Peter's house. He's like, I'm just trying to eat some of this pita bread she made, right? The whole town gathered at the door to watch. You don't say, I would be filming this. This is going on TikTok. Um, so Jesus healed many people who were sick with various Oh, notice something, y'all. Notice something. I didn't say this this morning. Notice something. He said he healed many people. He didn't say he healed all the people. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? But he healed many so don't ever get mad if somebody gets healed and you don't because it, it's, not, it's not your time. And in his time, he'll make it right. Um, so he healed many people who were sick with various diseases and he cast out many demons. And I think Peter saw his mother-in-law serve. And he saw Jesus heal this one guy and then from one act of service from an unnamed woman his next phase of ministry he heals many that's how important serving is in the body of Christ with that in mind let me tell you very quickly four things about you that was my introduction now we're into my message don't worry it'll be shorter all right some of you are like dear God number one you are gifted you are. You are gifted. Every person in this room 
that has Jesus living inside of you is a package deal. You get God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit live inside of you, and you have at least one spiritual gift. Um, I don't know what your gift is. I've seen all kinds of spiritual gifts test. Um, I'm very, I'm just going to tell you, I'm very, 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 um, just don't tell me what your gift is, all right? I am gifted in this. Okay, well, praise you. Um, but like a lot of people that are, that, that are gifted, in fact, the most gifted people, they don't have to talk about it. You remember Michael Jordan? Play, did he have to tell you, I'm gifted in playing basketball? No, you put a ball in his hands and he showed you he was gifted. But you're gifted. Now, how do you, how do you understand where you're gifted, Pastor Pete? It's real simple. You just get involved. And God, this is what, this is my story. Some of you have heard it. I'll give you the very, very short version. This is my story. Brusher Creek Baptist Church, 1990, May 27th. I prayed to receive Christ. I was so excited. I was pumped after the service. I was, I, I walked up to my associate pastor. I was like, Pastor Howard, I just got saved. He's like, congratulations. I was like, what do I do now? Like, what do I do? And looking back, I see what happened. I couldn't see it at the time, but he went, you show up in the morning and volunteer for vacation Bible school. I went, yes, I'm in. I didn't know if that was a Bible verse or whatever, but I was in. I walked in that vacation Bible school. They put me with sixth grade boys, seven sixth grade boys, and a teacher named Tina, who was hot. So I'm like, what about Shannon? She was two at the time. All right, so let's, let, let's, let's just kind of, we won't go there right now. She wasn't hotter than you, baby, all right? Tina was not interested in your boy, okay? I got, in high school, I got turned down more times than the sheets at the Holiday Inn, okay? I just, I was not, I was not the guy that people wanted to go out with. So, oh, uh, y'all like that, huh? Got y'all awake now. And you know what I did that week? I served. I, we did popsicle sticks. We did snacks. I cleaned up. They were, they were sixth grade boys. Did they clean up after themselves? No. I emptied out trash cans, I cleaned bathrooms, like whatever we needed to do. And Thursday, Thursday we're getting all cleaned up and Tina, it's something, listen, women will manipulate you. You didn't have to say amen, I'm just telling you. It's, I know it's true, because she went like, oh. I said, what's wrong? She said, I don't, have a, I don't have a lesson plan for tomorrow. I was like, yeah, that sucks, that's bad, I feel horrible. She said, what if you did it? And I went, okay. <laughs> Y'all, I, I, I know I, I still get nervous before messages. I, I didn't speak in front of people. And your first audience is seven, sixth grade boys? Hello. I remember, get, I remember that night before, I was like, well, I found, this is a verse and it talks about this. And I was like, what do I talk about? She said, well, you got saved, tell them about that. So I just got up that night or that next day and I gave the, I don't even know what I said. It was probably the dumbest most illiterate thing ever. And I said, everybody bow your head. We're gonna do the salvation prayer. If you prayed that prayer, raise your hand. And four out of the seven raised their hand. Amen. And I went, I went home. Yes. I went home and sat on the edge of my bed and wept. And I told God, I don't know what that was, but I wanna do it for the rest of my life. Jeez. Now, I didn't show up the next day at church and go, I have the gift of speaking. I am a speaker. Let me speak. No, you know what? I just, 
I cleaned a lot of bathrooms. I mopped a lot of floors. I moved a lot of chairs. It, it comes with the territory, but you know what? Because if God can't trust us with the small things, he can't trust us with the big things. I'm just saying this to tell you that the only way I discovered a gift is I just got involved. You just got to take a step. You just got to jump in. I tried everything. I even worked with, I was even a children's pastor at one time. Whew. Number two, you are qualified. I, one of the excuses that I get from people when I talk to them about volunteering is this. Pastor P, my life's a mess. And when I get my life cleaned up, I'll volunteer. I'm like, well, first of all, it's probably not gonna happen. You just need to go ahead and volunteer messiness and all. Because God takes, listen, God only uses messy people. Because perfect people don't need him. I've had people, I learned this. I went to a small conservative Wesleyan church growing up. And my mom, I've told you many times, my mom was one of the godliest people I've ever known in my life. She loved Jesus. She knew God's word. She could have taught any Sunday school class in that church and crushed it. But they wouldn't let her teach because she smoked. And when I say she smoked, she didn't even try to hide it. I mean, we would be pulling up in the church parking lot and she would have a cigarette and burning that thing down to the very end. It's like, <laughs> like turning blue and everything. I'm like, mom, dear God. <laughs> and they wouldn't let her serve because she smoked. And that always made me mad. Now, I started thinking, holy crap, if we, we didn't let people serve here that smoked, we wouldn't have any volunteers. <laughs> We'd have nobody on staff. Like, I mean, it's, it's insane. Oh, don't let them pretend like they got any. Just ask, which one, just ask them which one has a vape after the service. I'm just, I'm just saying. Just ask. Just ask. They got to be in, they're in church. They got to be, they got to be honest. I left mine at home, Sheena. Anyway. I've met people though that say, I can't, I can't volunteer because I do this and that. But you know what I've discovered? You know what I've discovered in church world? I've seen people that are, that, that are messed up. They got something going on in their life. They get involved with a volunteer group. And it's funny how, how, how somebody in that same volunteer group will have overcome the struggle that you're struggling with. And as you begin to know people and you open up and y'all start talking about it, you weren't sent there to volunteer. You were sent there to meet somebody who's gonna help you get past the thing that you can't get past. I've seen God do it over and over and over again. If, if Jesus Christ lives, you, listen, you can do immeasurably more than you could ever imagine. He wants to use you. Now, let me just say this and I'll move on. Um, the only thing that you need to understand about people who volunteer in our church is we run a background check on everybody. And let me tell you why. We're, we're not interested in what happened five, 10 years ago. We're not, at, we're not interested. Like we tell people that and people just start confessing stuff. It's like, oh, easy, trigger. I just, I'm just telling. We're not looking for the, the, you know, you got busted selling weed, all right? I mean, I, I, mean, I would like to know if you 
tithed on the sale of the weed, but like that's another conversation for another time. The reason we run, think about it. The reason we run a background check is we're looking for people that have, well, that are pedophiles basically. And, and the reason we're looking for that is because we have middle school and high school students that volunteer in every area of our church. And at the end of the day, does God love people and does God forgive people? Absolutely. But when it comes to the safety of our children, I, and listen, this is, this is 100% on me. Don't find a staff member and pull them aside. They'll just tell you to talk to Perry. This is my decision. I'm, because when it comes to the safety of our children, I've got a 16-year-old daughter, and we got Boaz on the way in the next, you know, whatever. Y'all keep praying. I'm working on it. I'm in so much trouble. I'm just saying, I'm just saying you're, you are qualified. This next one, it's, it's going to get a little tense. I'm going to go ahead and tell you it's going to get tense. On purpose. Here we go. You have time. I get people tell me, Pastor P, I love to volunteer, but I'm busy. You probably are. In fact, everybody I know is busy. We're so busy, we got our notifications on our phone turned on so we don't miss a mention in our Instagram story. By the way, all my notifications are shut off. After about nine o'clock, my phone goes dead. Well, somebody needed you. Well, they're screwed because I'm sleeping, all right? That's, that's, that's reality. My phone's dead. I just, I just shut the whole thing down. But, but I want you to understand, if you say you're busy, I'm not saying you're not busy. I'm, I'm just calling it an excuse, and here's why. Every volunteer we have in this church is busy. You are being served every week by busy people who simply decided to make Jesus' last command their first priority. And listen, maybe you can only come every other week. Serve every other week. Maybe I can only serve once a month. Serve once a month. But, but we can't say that we don't have time because everybody in this room has the same 24 hours. And let me just say this. I'm not saying this. I'm not trying to do the guilt thing. I don't love the, I know how to make people feel guilty. I, if I wanted to, I could bring out Little eight-year-old girl, we could bring out little Sarah. We could bring her here. We'd say, Sarah, how you doing? Wave at all the people. It's good, Sarah. Um, for those of y'all that aren't volunteering, um, because you're not volunteering, Sarah's going to die and go to hell. How do you feel about that, Sarah? And yeah, she's up here crying, yeah. Y'all want Sarah to go to hell, don't you? Sarah, they want you to go to hell because they won't volunteer. And everybody's crying and signing up to serve in the children's ministry. Ain't got no business in it. I'm just, that's how you lead by guilt. I'm not trying to do that. I, I don't want to lead by guilt. I want the Holy Spirit 
to convict. And this is, the Holy Spirit doesn't yell, he doesn't scream. This is how he usually works in our lives. When we're silent, he'll, he'll go, <clears throat> that's you. Now, when you leave tonight, cause somebody like, they're just trying to get people to sign up to volunteer. Well, you're kind of right. There's gonna be sign up tables in the back and you can go to the area and you can sign up. But it's not because we want something from you. We've got the best volunteers in the world. They do an amazing job every single week. We don't want a thing from you. I want something for you. I want for you to grow closer in your walk with Jesus and it'll happen when you start to serve. Last but not least, you will grow in your walk with Jesus and change the world one person at a time. This will happen as you begin to serve. It happened in my life. And I wasn't going to tell this story. Oh, God, this is not my favorite. But when I graduated from college, my dad and I moved into a one-bedroom apartment. It's all we could afford. He got the bedroom. I got the couch. And uh, there was a couple that moved in about the same time that we did. And they, were, they had just gotten married. They were so happy. They were just smiling all the time and just kind of waving. Now, I'm just going to be honest with y'all. I didn't... Like, I didn't like the guy. I didn't like him. And some of y'all are like, why? I don't know. He just, I didn't like him. He just, I just didn't like the way he looked. Now, some of y'all are judging me right now and pretending like the only problem you had this morning is your halo was crooked when you got out of bed. But let's be honest, you've, you've done that before. I don't like that guy. I don't like that girl. Why? I don't know. I just don't look at him. I don't like him. Every time he would wave his hand, he was like, what's up? Hey, Perry. I'd be like, what's up? And I'd have friends with me. Hey, who's that guy? I don't know. I don't know. I can't stand him. So one day I was pulling in an apartment complex and there was one parking spot. And it was, I had a nickname for him in my mind. I called him Doofus because he, he was, because that's, that's what I called him. And it was next to Doofus. I pulled in, and he's under the hood of his car. He's kind of doing something, and I was like, oh, God, please don't let him see me. Please don't let him see me. And I get out of the car. I get my gym bag. I just got back from the gym. I put it over my shoulder. I'm kind of walking. He's like, Perry, you been to the gym? Nope. I went fishing, doofus. This is what I called him. No, I just, I, that's what I said in my mind, but out loud I said, I said, yeah, man, I went to the gym. Then I felt obligated to say something back, so I was like, Working on your car? He's like, not really working. He said, I'm just cleaning my battery cables. He said, this is an older car. He said, I have to clean the battery cables about uh, once or twice a month. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, man, I know. I said, I get that. I said, this is an older car, too. I said, I have to clean the battery cables on this thing about once or twice a month, too. I said, if, and it's about time for me to do that. And he looked at me. He said, well, just, he said, pop your hood real quick, and I'll clean them. I was like, oh, no, man, you ain't. You ain't got to do it. He's like, no, 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 Pop, just, he said, man, just do it. I was like, no. He said, man, just do it. So I popped my hood, stood there while I cleaned my battery cables, had a smile on his face the whole time. Shut my hood, and he's like, hey, man, if I'm ever out here cleaning my battery cables and you want yours done, you just let me know. I said, yeah, yeah, I mean, I will. I walked up into my apartment, and I sat down. kind of felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me, Hey, jerk. How, how 
cosas así <risa> One act of service completely changed the way I felt about that guy. That's how powerful it is. And listen, maybe you don't sign up to serve today. That's fine. But try this in your marriage. Just say, this week, I'm going to serve my spouse. Try this at work. If you do this at work for two weeks, you walk in and say, I'm, I'm going to do my best to serve here. You will get a promotion. You might own the company within the next month because people don't have that attitude anymore. I'm telling you this right here. Jesus, Jesus wrapped it up with this right here. This is what he said. He said, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And I'm just saying, if we want to become more like Jesus, then we're going to have to take a step towards serving and when we do we will grow in our walk with Jesus so Jesus I want to I want to come to you tonight just acknowledging that all of us have a next step some of us are on the brink of a breakthrough and we might be going through the fight of our lives some of us have something we need to confess. Some of us need to ask for help. Some of us, we need to serve. And God, I pray for the wisdom and the courage for all of us tonight that we would know what you want for our lives. And God, that we would know that you never give up on us, that you always pursue us, that you're always for us, that you're always with us. You always have a plan for us. Is greater than we could imagine. And God, as we just take these next few moments to reflect, may we just be so thankful that you never give up. Pray with me. Father, I pray that you would give us the wisdom to know what our next step is and the courage to take it. Heads bowed and eyes closed tonight. I don't I don't know if God spoke to you. I hope he did. But whatever he spoke to your heart, take a second and speak back to his. Yes, I'll serve. Yes, I'll ask for help. Yes, I'll confess. Yes, I'll. And maybe you're here tonight and you've never prayed to receive Christ. That's a, that's a, that's a great deal. You ask Jesus into your life. He forgives you for all your sin. He makes you brand new from the inside out. If you're here tonight and you know that's your next step and you need to pray to receive Christ, then I want to invite you right where you stand to pray with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you in a prayer and I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer out loud, but not alone because here at Second Chance, every, everybody in our Second Chance family, we pray this prayer out loud with you. So you'll know you're stepping into a relationship with Jesus supported by so many people. So if you know you need to pray to receive Christ, you pray this with me tonight. Just say Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner, and I need you as my Savior. I believe you died on the cross, and you rose from the grave to pay for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I declare you as Lord. Come into my life and take over. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room, if you just prayed that prayer and asked Christ to come into your life, I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you, 
and I want to pray for you. So if you just pray that prayer, would you do me a favor and just put your hand in the air and keep it up for just, keep it up real high just for a second. Amen, amen. Keep them up high, keep them up. Praise God, salvation in the house all day today, all day. Father, I want to thank you for these hands. God, I want to thank you for brand new life in Christ. I want to thank you that you've done it all day. I want to thank you that you've done it every Sunday. And I pray that these new believers, as they walk out of this house tonight, would walk out knowing that you literally brought them from death to life. Thank you, Jesus, for how good you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody that agreed said, hey, listen, before you leave, before you leave, if your next step is serving, we got tables out back. Once again, I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. And if that's your next step, sign up and let's get involved because God's just getting started here at Second Chance. And I want you to be a part of the process. Are you ready for next week already? Are you ready? Man, it's going to be awesome. I love you guys. God bless. Y'all have a great week.